A From Dublin to Cleveland production. Hello and welcome to From Dublin to Cleveland. I'm Logan Howard and I'm joined by the most famous author on this podcast, Brendan <laughs> Thomas Merritt. How's it going, Brendan? Well, given that I'm like the most famous at anything, how could I possibly say I was doing anything other than amazingly? And yourself? <laughs> I'm doing fabulously well on a lovely afternoon that is a little rainy, but we're trying. We're working. Keeps the grass green. <laughs> All right. So, Brendan, what is our uh, what is our podcast sponsored by today? <laughs> yes, guys. Quit being boring. Just eating dinner and watching TV. Every single night. Send in your mobile phones for five hours in the evening. Cop yourselves on. It's time to change your lifestyle. Next time, pull out a Wongo puzzle and enjoy the conversation fun that happens when people puzzle together. Wongo is the perfect balance of a good challenge without being so hard that you stop talking. <laughs> so it does have a good social element to it. Trust me, once you try Wongo, you'll never go back to your boring, plain old jigsaw puzzle. They are 100% wooden puzzles, so they'll last forever. So for all of you, Extinction Rebellion and oil paint throwing people out there, <laughs> here's a game that lasts forever and won't end up in landfill. Each place, <laughs> each place, peace. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you walk through it. Um, for example, leaves with bells and penguins. Who doesn't love penguins? They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting, so it makes it the perfect birthday or Christmas treat. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles really are cut above the rest in the industry. I know that Logan loves doing the slow... <laughs> I'm going to say slogan, thinking of Logan. <laughs> Let's try the sentence again. <laughs> I know that Logan loves doing the snow glow puzzle himself. And well, I think it's class. I'll be honest, I have a cheeky little penchant for the salamander. And the turtle myself. What are you waiting for, friends? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code from Dublin to Cleveland to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had at a puzzle, guaranteed, or your money back. Go to wngopuzzles.com and use the code from Dublin to Cleveland to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. Let's get back to the video. Over to you, broski. So today we are again doing story time with Logan. Today uh, we have a story that I wrote at the ripe old age of seven years old. This was written in 2004. It is 2023. So you can imagine how old this thing is. This book is called A Mystery on Grinfield Island. Um, I will get view pictures uh, that Brendan will put up on the YouTube version. Um, so for you, for aware podcasters, you're just going to have to listen to the story and imagine the detail in your mind. <laughs> of course, this is a mystery on Grinfield Island. 
so, long ago, and very far away, on the green island of Grinfield, in the Howific Sea, was a tall castle. It was called Earnhardt Castle. In this castle lived a royal family. There was King Adam, who was very tall. His wife, Queen Barbie, was very nice. And they had two children, Prince Carl, who was eight years old, and Prince Doris, who was four years old. They had a friendly pet dragon, Freck, who lived in the moat. One spring day, Carl, Prince Carl went into the night room. He knew that he was not allowed in there, but he wanted to take a little peek at the big sword. Typical the Carl. Night... What'd you say? <laughs> Typical Carl. Typical Carl. Uh, he wanted to take a peek at the big sword. The night room was where the knights kept all of their stuff. Prince Carl heard footsteps coming down the hall. He backed into a table. Suddenly, an old vase crashed to the floor, and Prince Carl decided to hide the pieces in the knight's armor, and then he went on to do his homework. <laughs> the famous Knight Iverson found the knight room unlocked. He began to clean his armor, and little pieces of glass continued to fall to the floor, revealing themselves to be that old vase. uh -oh. Knight Iverson went to the king, and he said, Your Majesty, I found pieces of the vase from the night room. The king said, Where did you find them? Knight Iverson told him that they were in his armor shoes. The knight said that he would ask some questions. <laughs> well, it's getting good now. <laughs> <laughs> so, that night at supper, the king asked, Were you in the knight's room this morning, Doris? Doris said, No, I was playing fetch with Freck. The king asked, <laughs> Carl, if he knew about any vases falling over. Carl wanted to say no, but he reluctantly said yes. The king explained uh -oh. that the night room was not a place for children, and there were dangerous things in there. So, Carl's punishment for not obeying was mopping the dungeon floor and cleaning Freck's room for a full week. Oh no, not a full week. <laughs> Dragons thus, can get very messy. Thus concludes the tale of a mystery on Grinfield Island. <laughs> so, Brendan, which character did you find the most compelling? Probably the parents. The fact that they're raising their son to be a girl, thinking he's a girl called Doris. I think that was very 21st century of them. Uh... No, no, it's a daughter named Doris. Princess. Oh, it is a girl. Yes. <laughs> Phew. Okay. I was wondering what kind of you know, progressive homeschool system your parents were running there for a second. Okay. <laughs> it's like, this is a prince with a woman's name. Huh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I can sleep easily tonight after, after that. That's okay, then. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I'd heard more about Freck, to be honest. It's like, Freck was such a messy dragon. <laughs> I liked it. What's the main character's name again? That's the one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, lo I love the way that the knight walked in and just found, like, you know, bits of glass and, like, you know, the knight's shoes. Because I heard someone during the week talking about a real life story. Mm. I don't know what the context was, 
but of people putting their feet in shoes of glass to turn up their feet. Or it happened, I mean, it happened in, a, in a TV show or something. I don't know. And I just thought, what the frack? <laughs> That's not an expression. What the frack? Frack, frack. Same thing. <laughs> Why would anybody do that to themselves? And uh, now that just came back to me. I was like, you know what? I would have appreciated the king better if he just put his feet in those night shoes and just walked across the banquet floor and had a care in the world with all the drops of blood behind him. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you think could have been improved that seven-year-old Logan could have done better on? Oh, um, seven-year-old Logan should have established just what filthy creatures dragons are. So rather than it being a punishment like, you must clean the room, like Freck could potentially be like you know a lovely, tidy, orderly dragon with the best cleaned room in the house. Whereas if he were described in more in more like dog like terms, um about like, you know, like tearing cushions to shreds with his teeth or like, you know, blowing fire at the furniture uh, and and turning to ash, then we could have been like, okay, this is gonna be like you know, a really hard punishment. Ah, yeah, something yeah. that was actually worthy of being punished. I think so. It's not like when you read Genesis chapter 3, and the snake is told, I'm cursing you to crawl in your belly. 99% of people who read the Bible go, <laughs> snakes have always slithered. That's not even a punishment, Jesus. Whereas if you see, like, you know, remains of reptiles in museums like that they actually had limbs and you're like oh he literally like you know stole their legs <laughs> you're like that's a punishment that's something that i recognize why that was hard for them now so yeah yeah but that was a bit for seven year logan that was that was creative i dig it <laughs> yeah you can use the word reluctantly correctly that's impressive <laughs> Uh, all right, so what did you learn from reading this? What was the uh, a lesson you learned? Oh, my goodness. I learned that Doris actually is a girl, <laughs> and not a boy who's been given a girl's name. Um, what else did I learn? I learned that uh, that is one very negligent mother. Like, where the heck was she while all this was going down? You know, the girl without the dragon, the father was running the kingdom, administered the discipline, the mother was nowhere to be seen. Mm. Um, she came in after and, you know, gave him encouragement after mopping the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what else did I learn? I learned that if you're told not to go somewhere, you probably shouldn't go there. Unless you're being led by Holy Spirit, you know? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about the, how do you feel about the howific sea? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I had to like you know clean my ears and second guess there. Is he just said? I think he said, I I liked it. I liked it. You know, a little bit of Pacific, a little bit of Howard slapping together. <laughs> uh, okay, what other books did this one remind you of? Oh, a book 
that my brother got years and years and years ago that I've never read. It just has like a green dragon on the cover. I don't even know what the name is. <laughs> in fact, I think it's in that wardrobe behind me. <laughs> and I've still never read it. That's wild because he is a green dragon. So no way. There you go. Yeah. Green dragon and all right there. If he's that big and he's a water dragon, how does he have a room in the castle? They have a big room. That's right. <laughs> it was a very, very big swimming pool. Aww. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> Did you use, like, a gingerbread um, cutter to make that boy? Yeah. Well, they look like gingerbread people. Yeah. There you go. I don't I ended up using an actual gingerbread cutter, but I possibly did. It does look that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you were making a movie of this book, what would you? Who would you cast as the characters? Oh golly. <sighs> oh. Well, because the mother is so absent, I imagine she's really emotionally cold. I think Madeline Stowe does that very, very well. Uh, just think of like how she played Victoria Grayson in Revenge. <laughs> um, for the father, he's someone really disciplinarian. I actually think Willem Dafoe. Oh, I know he'll always be in my heart. The Green Goblin, uh, the original and best Green Goblin. But I can imagine him being like, you know, the never going back again, but also <laughs> kind of chilled out and loving as well. Yeah. The boy, oh gosh. Kind of a child actor, wouldn't you? Um, maybe a teenager. The kid from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, if we could shrink him back to that age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Freddy or something, is it? Yeah. Um, and for the girl, someone who would look good playing with a dragon. Who's the girl in Wednesday who plays Wednesday? She does yeah. the weird dance that became famous. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, her. Okay. She kind of looks like she really messed up and her best friend would be a dragon. Yeah. Who would you have play the knight? Ooh, the knight. If he had a bigger role to justify it, Viggo Mortensen. Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would work. Or maybe even Harrelson. What's his name? The guy from The Hunger Games. Who played Hamish? Ah, yeah. He could be an interesting one too. Yeah, that's true. If V goes busy, you know. <laughs> All right, last question of the book review. What songs does this book make you think of? Oh. Like if there was a, a song that you would play during certain moments of the this, this show or book. I think the scene when Doris is playing with Freck, I think they should both be like really, really socially awkward. 
and just have that song. How much is that doggy in the window? Woof, woof, playing the background. <laughs> For like a good long 30 seconds. Neither of them move or even engage with each other. Just awkwardly staring at each other. Uh, all right. Uh, what out of five would you say this book would you rate it as? What one out of five stars? Okay, so for a seven-year-old, presumably, um, I would give it a four out of five. Was it? I really liked the word "reluctantly." All right, nice. Was it better or worse than the last one we we did? <laughs> No offense, but the last one is so forgettable. I just know we did it. I forget everything about it. So I'll say, oh, no, wait, that was the one about the all the tomatoes. Yeah. That was very informative. Yeah. It did lull me in. I was half thinking it was a true story in part times. Ooh. I might have to go with the first one. Yeah. It was very, very detailed. Yes. For an 11 year well, I was older when I wrote that one, so... Yeah, okay, that okay, fair enough. That would make sense. Uh, all right, so let us then get into our Bible passage. And the Bible verse that we have for today is, of course, from A Mystery in Grinfield Island. It was dedicated to it. The verse is Numbers 32, 23. So, Numbers 32, 23. Not the other way around. 32, 23. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do not do so, then take note that you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sins will find you out. Oof. So um, be sure your sins will find you out. That's the story of, of this specific book is, you know, things will find you out. Now he ended up telling why that he was the one who did it, but the only reason it was found out was because the knight had found the pieces in his shoe and took it to the king and said, look, there's a broken vase, and who could have done that? So your shins will find you out. That's very true um, in our day and age as well, is uh, we like to think that we get away from things or we can um, you know, sneak away and our sins won't be covered or they won't be found out. We can just throw them under the rug. But... As we all know, God is everywhere, so God sees our sin. So at minimum, God knows that we've done wrong, and he knows and sees what the evil thing we've done. But there is a lot of times that there's a track that leads to finding you out. Um, you can get caught in lies. You can get caught in all these kind of things because sin is not something that you can hide very easily. Uh, so your sins will find you out if you if you continue to let your sins run rampant in your life, continue to let them grow and uh, your daily walk or your daily things that are going on, they will come back to bite you in the long run. Um, God will punish sin. Um, thankfully, he's granted us forgiveness from sin, so we don't have to live in our sins anymore, uh, that he came and died on the cross. Um, but sin is still wrong. God still can't be around sin, still can't be with sin. And so that's another a reason why we refuse sin and we try to avoid sin is because it will find us out. It will catch us. It will catch up to us and we will have to suffer punishment for doing wrong. Um, all right. Uh, Brendan, anything you want to add or any thoughts about the section that you'd like to, to put on? Sure. And um, yeah, you know what? Contextually, 
Moses was instructing the Israelites regarding the Lord's command about land allotment, land division, land conquering, when the Israelites had come back to the promised land to take it back from the larger and stronger enemy nations that had moved in. And basically they were being told, don't go ahead of the Lord. You go where the Lord has told you to go. You arm yourselves when the Lord tells you to. You battle who the Lord tells you to, when he tells you to. Don't freestyle it. Don't go off on your own volition. And so often in life, we take a notion about where we want our life to be, what we want to look like. You know, we think we heard God's voice and we decide to go full steam ahead. But actually, firstly, <laughs> it's good to confirm you've heard the word of the Lord, uh, whether that's through the Bible, a dream, a vision, a pastor, um, someone in church that you trust, a, a council, a group of counselors, not just yes men, not just people your own age who are as wide-eyed and idealistic as you are, um, but, you know, buffer it with people with more lived experience who might be more realistic. Um, and from there, hopefully you'll glean the word of God very clearly with, you know, discernment. Um, but you, I've seen so many people who thought they heard the word of God and they went full steam ahead into something and actually they'd misheard. And to be honest, you know, they, they'd gone a step before God, or <laughs> many steps in the wrong direction, the right or the left, and they ended up in dire straits because of it. Some financially, some relationally, etc. And the days we're living in, friends, are too dark not to be in step with God. Mm -hmm. We have an enemy out there who hates us, who has manipulated very many powerful people on Earth um, to create plans and schemes against the body of Christ, the nation of Israel, and all the people of the free world, and the developed world, these aren't days you want to be at a step with God. So, be long-suffering, persevere, be steadfast, and when he speaks, or you think he's spoken, wait for the confirmation. Holy Spirit's within you, he can give it to himself. But uh, don't be so eager to do what looks good, what looks holy, what looks like it will progress your journey, that you end up getting ahead of God. Because in the center of his will is the best place you can be. And our prayer for all of you listening today is that you would have eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to know and understand the word of God, the instruction of God, and a heart that's humble enough to receive that instruction, that you'll be disciplined enough to confirm that instruction, and brave enough to see it through at the right time. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today uh, and putting up with my seven-year-old self. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we would love to hear from you, your thoughts on the episode, your thoughts on 
doing book reviews of Logan's old stories. Um, <laughs> and you can send those comments to from Dublin to Cleveland at gmail.com. You can also send them to Brendan's YouTube page, Brendan Thomas Merritt. Um, you can like and subscribe on those. We would very much appreciate that. Uh, you can find us on Google. If you search us from Dublin to Cleveland podcasts, you will find uh, all of our backlog of things. If this is your first episode you've heard or first episode you've been shared with, um, you can also find us on Spotify and Google um, and all the Google little podcast things that are underneath it, like Voodoo or Vox or whatever they're called. I don't know. I don't listen to them on there. I go to Spotify. You can go wherever you like. Give us five stars wherever you are listening to us. Um, leave us a comment, review, all that jazz. Share it with a friend. Um, you can find us, of course, Facebook and Instagram. Um, Facebook, From Dublin to Cleveland. Instagram, at Bananaman17, at Brendan Thomas Merritt. Um, and you can get us shirts. You can buy shirts that would support us um, and uh, support our podcast. Uh, they have From Dublin to Cleveland shirts. You have war on mullet shirts, whatever your heart's desires. Uh, if you're like, man, I really think this is a good idea for a shirt, send us an email about it and we will work on it and get it out for you. Um, so do all those things. Uh, of course, support Wongo. Uh, we'd appreciate that as well as it helps us as it helps Wongo. So um, anything else you want to say before we close it out, Brendan? Nope. I think is that all. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode. We'll see you next week. Have a lovely week. Goodbye, friends.